0: Today on Multiverse News, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse slings big bucks at the box office, Dwayne Johnson revs up to return to the Fast and Furious franchise, and Hocus Pocus 3 prepares to spellbind us all. That news and more awaits you right after this.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
0: Welcome to Multiverse News, your source for information about all your favorite fictional universes. My name is Jay Scotty St. Clair, standing in as host for Matthew Carroll as he traverses the multiverse and takes care of some personal business. And I am joined by my stalwart contributor here on Multiverse News, the lovely Haley Hobbs. Hey, Haley, how are you?
2: I'm great. I'm stripping Jay of his perfect attendance title. (laughs) He no longer gets to have it.
0: (laughs) We miss you, Jay and a first time for us here on multiverse news we have some guests we have two guests with us the first of which is someone that um i'm very happy to finally have on this show i get to podcast with him regularly as he is a co-host of mine on animation deliberation he's also a contributor on the 323 with reed murphy as well as fantasy heroes welcome to multiverse news Hare. how are you i'm no j replacement but i'm happy to be here Glad to have you. Glad to have you. And last but certainly not least, a man who likely needs no introduction on this network anyway. The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jeff Randall. Welcome to Multiverse News. How are you? But there
1: should be an introduction because every podcast is somebody's first podcast.
2: This is Jeff Randall. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm Jeff Randall. You may (laughs) have heard of me. Non-podcasters know you. (laughs) Putting me in my place. I've
1: never heard my voice on a podcast
0: there's there's a first time for everything like you said
1: yep 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 so i'm going to be uh managing the twitch stream and mostly watching chat uh, mostly because i have not uh read up on any news at all I, i leave that to you guys to tell the people about the news nowadays and i'm just i'm i'm ready and waiting to be informed
0: yeah we're streaming live on Twitch right now, so I encourage everybody that's watching along with us uh let us know what you're thinking about as we run down these news topics. but that's the fun part about having guests like um we've kind of hit our groove here. we are kind of used to being in the know when it comes to the news, but it's great to bring on some guests that might not be as uh you know have their nose to the ground when it comes to um our news to the ground news to the- okay <laughs> that's why you're here that's why you're here. appreciate <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> Let us not uh, digress any longer. Let's get into these topics. First up, we've got the predicted box office for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was blown away with the movie collecting $120 million in the States and a whopping $209 million globally. The widely hyped film is now in the lead for the biggest box office opening this summer. To add to the excitement, Sony producers Amy Pascal and Avi Arad teased several other Spidey related projects, including a live action Miles Morales film as well as a Spider-Woman spinoff that is being fast-tracked. Are we at all surprised by the overwhelming response to Across the Spider-Verse? And does a live-action Miles Morales get our senses tingling?
2: It absolutely does. And I see General Code in the chat that they'd like us to be as spoiler-free as we can. So I'll just say that we called our shot on the box office numbers a long time ago that it would blow out the projections, and it totally did. And for those of us that have seen it, it's extremely warranted. This is such an amazing piece of film, art, music, everything, super enjoyable, wonderful sequel to the first movie, and five years waiting was totally worth it. And yes, while we'll take it with a grain of salt that we're getting Miles Morales live action, I couldn't be more excited for that. Let's go.
3: Yeah, there's definitely a split party of people who were excited for the first movie when it first came out and people who had the reservations and waited to watch it on streaming or whatnot later on. I was definitely the latter. Uh, But I think it's unanimous that anybody who enjoyed the first one was ecstatic to watch the second one. It surpassed expectations. It's a phenomenal movie, but I do still have my reservations with Pascal and how how Sony deals with live-action heroes. So... As interesting as it would see to have them, I would really like if Feige had like some input on how they did it because obviously he knows all when it comes to live action superheroes. So I just want them to do continue to do a fantastic job with the animated stuff, and we'll see what happens with live action.
1: Yeah, Sony's got the the live action uh, pulse the the same way that DC does, where they <laughs> they have it real Shots good. <laughs> but their live action is kind of
0: <laughs> lacking. Yeah, I, I kind of concur with um, bristling, bristling a little bit at uh, Avi Arad and Amy Pascal being so involved. And i not necessarily even leaning to like having Kevin Feige be so involved, but like just let Lord and Miller do their thing. Like I trust them at this point. Like They clearly have a good handle on the character. And I'm still... Actually, I, I'll just kind of hold off on that Trying to be as spoiler-free as possible for <laughs> all our listeners, but we have heard some things about some of the behind-the-scenes for this movie and some sequences that were planned but um, cut early on in the in the process. But it makes me super excited for Beyond the Spider Verse. But yeah, I was uh, I contributed to these uh, these numbers. I went and saw it twice this weekend. It was that good, and I would, was itching to see it again because there's just so much to take in. But um, Haley, you bringing up like projections, just like not doing this film justice at all. And I think that's that's really insightful that like tracking cannot anticipate what a contributing factor word of mouth was going to be and how much excitement and how much buzz there was going to be for this movie, especially coming off of the first one. But um a couple other factoids I was able to find is that this is the highest increase for a comic book movie sequel over the over the original um by a lot. It's like two hundred and forty percent higher than the first film's opening weekend, which is just bonkers and then on top of that it's the third best domestic opening for any film in the spidey franchise and that's like beating out like spider-man homecoming spider-man far from home i think it's only um no way home and i think spider-man 2 from the raimi franchise are the only ones that have it beat as far as opening goes and like for this to be an animated entry like that speaks volumes about the quality and the excitement for this film
3: the animated equivalent of
0: empire strikes back uh mm-hmm.
3: miggy
1: in the chat says uh, i saw it three times did not want it to end
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you miggy let's move to another franchise so the family feud has been cast aside as dwayne johnson announces his return to the fast and the furious franchise johnson will reprise his role as luke hobbs in an upcoming spinoff that reportedly features jason momoa's dante and will act as connective tissue to the fast finale This news breaks after highly publicized clashes between Johnson and Vin Diesel on previous productions, with Johnson repeatedly stating he was, quote unquote, done with the franchise. What say we? Does The Rock's return despite past conflicts indicate he's with the franchise ride or die? This is definitely
3: a pride move. Uh, There's no way with the franchise that big that he doesn't want to see his face on it on the last movie. There's a lot of characters that were fun to see in Fast X when I thought that that was going to be the last one. But the whole time I was like, "There's a lot of people missing here that have been like crucial to this. So if we're giving the Endgame Rise of Skywalker farewell, then he's got to be in there for that." And I think how he's perceived by the fans is more important than his beef with uh, Vin Diesel.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those situations. Like I I like The Rock. I think he has kind of an occult of personality. He really seems to care about his audiences. And Vin Diesel, I love him as well for a lot of his roles, but he seems to be kind of like the common denominator when it comes to a lot of these conflicts like I think um, uh, he and Tyrese have also had some conflicts so uh, you know tying into the family feud theme here name something that can um, you know help combat disputes fueled by ego survey says money I think it all boils down to money and the success of this franchise and what they're ultimately going to pay him for this spinoff and uh, the fact that Jason Momoa is going to be involved I think is great because uh, I don't have Uh, you know, I'm not really tied to this franchise in any real way. Like I watched fast X and I had a good time with it, but Jason Momoa was the standout for me. So for him to, to be the connective tissue going forward, I think that's, I think they knew early on that they had, they had something magical with Jason Momoa going against type. And I'm excited to see more of his character.
3: If that doesn't show the range of that man, I don't know what will. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like in Hollywood, Jason Momoa is the new, like he's the
1: new hotness, not, not just that he is attractive, but like, he's also a really good actor and we're going yeah. to see even more of him.
0: I, I'm just now thinking about that. I know Jeff, you probably haven't seen Aquaman with your, nope. This case for DC, <laughs> but he has this sequence where uh he's infiltrating a submarine and he goes, he whips his hair back and says, permission to come aboard. And I just see him saying that to every franchise now. And they're like, yes, sir, come yeah. aboard, come <laughs> on to our <laughs> franchise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not just permission enthusiastic consent yes sir please
0: <laughs> changing gears here following the success of hocus pocus 2 which was released last year disney has announced that hocus pocus 3 is already in the works with star bett midler having already said she'd love to continue working on the movies hocus pocus 2 clocked in at the number five streaming movie for 2022 what do we think can they cast another spell on us
2: well, I think the spell missed us on Hocus Pocus 2 personally, <laughs> but there was so much nostalgia and love wrapped around the excitement of that film coming out um, that I see exactly why they're releasing a third one. And if the ladies want to be in on it, then that's great. And I think what Hocus Pocus 2 did, like we've been talking about with a lot of the requels, remakes, um, films being remade into streaming things, is it's introducing this new generation to something that's very loved by their parents or their guardians or their friends or their relatives and so you know what I say go for it it's fun like I was kind of excited to see the headline even though (laughs) the second one's not great um (laughs) I'll watch it and I'll probably podcast on bingers assemble with Ashley coffin about it again
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I wish I could speak to this one but Haley you and I were kind of talking off air like I feel like not having seen the original Hocus Pocus in its entirety is kind of like one of my cinema sins in terms of like my viewing resume. Like
2: you will be shunned later.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've seen scenes of it on TV. I'm shunning him now. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, what do you have to say about it? Jeff? No,
1: no. I mean, the first one was uh, an absolute masterpiece of yeah. children's theater. Um, I never saw the second one. Cause I was just like, it doesn't need a sequel. It's perfect as is it's wrapped up in a nice little mm-hmm. bow. It's done. I have the same kind of feeling about the first John Wick. Oh, wow. I haven't watched the second one. When I saw the headline for the third one, I was like, <sighs> <laughs> I think that was the vo- the noise that came out of my mouth when I saw it. Okay. Okay.
0: I can un- honestly say when we were preparing the outline, I did not anticipate getting a John Wick and Hocus Pocus comparison, but that's, <laughs> that's what you get on Multiverse News. Yes. <laughs>
2: It is the multiverse. <laughs> it's
0: a crossover we all pay for. I
1: tell you, though, if if John Wick was up against the Sanderson sisters, wouldn't be a problem.
3: For who? Yeah. <laughs> the witch's cats versus his dog.
2: <gasps> oh, but the cat was a person.
1: Spoiler
2: alert for a 35-year-old movie.
1: Don't oh. say it! <laughs>
2: All right, I'm going to take the reins here. And can we say Kawabunga? a new trailer released for Seth Rogen's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, which is set to come out on August 2nd, 2023. The pizza loving heroes in a half shell are taking on Superfly while battling their own teenage issues as well. The film's animation style is taken from that of the Spider-Verse movies and looks to revitalize the beloved franchise. Do we expect the summer's second animated comic book adaptation to shell out epic fun?
0: Well, I'll say it, Kawabanga. Like, this is a <laughs> franchise that we've seen so many different iterations of, and adaptations, and translations of, and to kind of think about the comic book roots, like you know what Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman did way back in the day was a lot more mature and like dark and gritty than I think people remember, especially with like the late '80s, early '90s cartoon being such an influence, but. The more I see of this one, um, the more on board I get. It was kind of easy with the first one to say, Oh yeah, they're taking influence from Spider-Verse and just trying to like ride that wave. But it is doing something a little bit different. Like it is certainly influenced by Spider-Verse in terms of like doing kind of like the off-kiltered um frame rate, but it's much like grittier and I think there's a lot more like hand drawn, like grimy grimy, gritty kind of feel to the characters, and I think that really makes it stand out. And It is kind of cool to actually have like Teenage has always been in the name, but that's not something that's always been embraced by these characters. But these are like teenagers actually voicing these. And it really does feel like a coming of age story. And the fact that we're going to have Ice Cube like voicing Superfly, like that's that's pretty awesome. And the other thing that really stood out to me is um, I loved having a tribe called Quests, Can I Kick It? That song like was in the first trailer, but they kept it in this one and used it to great effect. But I also read that it's going to be Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross doing the score for this one so if they learned anything from the Spider-Verse movies it's that you have to have like a bang and soundtrack to go alongside these awesome visuals and uh, I think August is a good release date for this one it will be kind of far removed from some of the stiffer competition and I think it has a chance to to do pretty well here.
3: Yeah I expressed a lot of my thoughts in the comparison of Spider-Verse and writing that high and especially with the music but I'll, I'll be a broken record in saying that the reason that Mario and Spider-Verse have done so well is because these studios are finally letting the creators be nerds, let the nerds be nerds. These guys are taking these characters that are beloved to themselves and just having a fun time with them. They're giving them a custom spin. Uh, They're giving a more coming-of-age story. They're going to have fun with it. I'm sure the comedy will be high. I'm sure the action will be high. I'm sure the big moments will really get us in the feels, but the fact that they're actually giving these people to have the opportunity to do what they're good at instead of constantly poking at them on what they should do for what they think will bring in the most amount of money is what's going to be the success of this film. Are you trying to tell me that
1: you didn't like the 90s Mario Brothers film? That that
3: <laughs> masterpiece with Dennis Hopper? <laughs> I can't say I didn't like it since I haven't seen it. Oh, Zoo. <laughs> You have to watch
1: it for comparison. Just like if you watch the new Dungeons and Dragons, you're not going to really appreciate it until you watch Jeremy Irons <laughs> salivate on camera. I don't know what other word to use because he was he was crazy. He did something all right. He did something. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think where this movie is going to excel is in the animation. I thought the style was unique. And even though they're kind of playing off of spider Verse style, they've really made it their own. And there are some comic book things that just are not good in live action. And to me, the Turtles has been one of them. My (laughs) husband wanted to go see that one movie that came out with Megan Fox. And I was like, okay. And it was bad. And (laughs) I'm sorry if you love it. It wasn't for me. (laughs) Good for you. Not for me but I think that animation just lends so much better to these characters. And I think it'll be awesome.
1: That was probably a problem with it being a Michael Bay joint. Like, come on.
2: It mm. had more than one problem.
1: <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Michael Bay, like Michael Bay's style of let's blow up literally the world uh, versus yeah. the liter- like, quite literally grounded world of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They are beneath the mm. ground, even like yeah, it, it, it's 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 a
3: matter of scale. It's it's a it's yeah. disparate. So what you're saying is Michael Bay needs to make a Dragon Ball Z movie. Yes. <laughs> I can't tell you I wouldn't watch it. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, to bring it back to this animated version of TMNT, real quick, um, there was I, I'm really excited for Jackie Chan to play Splinter because I think that was like the best joke in the trailer as well. Like uh leonardo like tells on his brothers and they're like oh you ratted us out and splinter's like don't use that word and it's like it's 2023 man you can't use ratted in that context (laughs) (laughs) that's great
1: (laughs) (laughs) i like though that uh jackie chan being in that role kind of gives him that uh the newer karate kid vibe as well Mm, sure yeah
0: good call All right. Now that we've covered our main topics, this is the part of the show where we include some audience participation. So we do um, do this podcast on Spotify. We have a video portion that if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you know, if you have Spotify as well, I encourage you to go check out the functionality over there. One of the nice things is that we get to do a weekly poll. And last week we were talking about the most perfect double feature that ever has been Later in July, we've got Barbie going up against Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer, and we asked you all, which one are you going to see? And edging out the competition with a 59% is Barbie. Give it up for Barbie.
2: <laughs> go Barbie. Everybody wants to be happy and then depressed about <laughs> nuclear war, I guess.
0: <laughs> the theater is an escape, yeah.
2: I would go Oppenheimer, then Barbie.
0: <laughs> okay. I voted for Barbie. I want to see Oppenheimer, but I think Barbie's more of a day one viewing experience for me. I don't like Oppenheimer's real world history. I kind of know the story. I'm excited to see Nolan's vision, but I don't want Barbie spoiled for me.
3: (laughs) Chung Chi and Harley Quinn in a Barbie movie? Like, yeah, sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) Yep.
0: Yep. Same. I'm with
2: Zoo. (laughs) I will be the minority vote. Somebody has to be.
0: I feel like Jay is, is listening to this and he's he's with you. Jay's Hallie. on my
2: side. Jay's with <laughs> me in spirit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Who cares about
1: history? It's in the past. Jay does.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, we're doomed to repeat it if that's our, our viewpoint. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Now we move on to the lightning round. This is where we go down a slew of headlines that we didn't have time to tackle as main topics. And um, we'll... Basically, buzz in with our names if we want to speak on this subject. So, first person to sound off with their name gets to talk about this one, and we are all allotted one rebuttal. So, if someone responds to something you wanted to talk about before you got a chance to, you get one chance to reply. So, be selective about that. And everybody on board with the quote unquote rules? I guess so. Okay. All right. So let's kick things off with Marvel Studios' fourth Captain America film, previously dubbed New World Order, has changed its title to Brave New World. Jeff Haley. Ooh, I heard Jeff first. No one cares. I
2: too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the title of the movie doesn't matter. It's going to be
0: the the meat of the movie is what's going to matter to people, that's all. Next up, Mason Thames and Nico Parker have signed on to star as How to Train Your Dragon main characters Hiccup and Astrid respectively for the live-action adaptation. Scotty, um, you know, had you asked me about this before The Little Mermaid came out, I probably would have been a little more down on it, but The Little Mermaid came out and kind of defied my expectations, and I ended up really enjoying it. It's not a perfect film, but I think there's a lot to like there. So if DreamWorks is able to Kind of follow in the footsteps of the more successful uh, Disney live-action remakes. I think this has the potential to be pretty good, and I like both of these performers. I recognize Mason Thames from the Black Phone last summer from Scott Derrickson, uh, Doctor Strange director Scott Derrickson there, and Nico Parker showed up in uh, The Last of Us, and I thought she did a really good job there. And I think both of them look enough the parts that um, I'll reserve judgment until I see more about this one. bottle okay.
3: i do have i am like a little extra sensitive about this one because of how much i like the how to train Your dragon series i think they did a fantastic job and i don't think everything needs to be live action i have nothing Mm. against the actors that they chose um i just you know i'm sure they'll do a fantastic job in the roles that they're given it's just a matter of i hope the creators and the writers you know actually give the series justice as opposed to just doing another money grab
0: All right, moving on, Thomas Kale, the Tony award-winning director of Broadway's Hamilton, has been tapped to direct Disney's live-action remake of Moana.
2: Hey, Lee. (laughs) Uh, So if you don't know, Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote Hamilton and the music for Moana, so this makes complete sense that he'd kind of bring him over into this world. And I think it'll be interesting to see him go from stage to screen, but that can be such a benefit or somebody who understands directing people in a very different environment, and that can maybe translate to this adaptation of one of my favorite Disney movies. I'm super excited about it.
3: Lynn manuel says, you're welcome,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. I don't, okay. I don't want to rebut or refute. I just... <sighs> It's, it seems like it's going to be easy for him uh, in that the whole movie happens on a floating, moving stage, quite literally. <laughs> um, if they're going, you know, to, to try to honor, you know, shot for shot or whatever. But kind of in the same vein as what Zoo said on the last one. Uh, why do we need a live action adaptation of everything that has been animated in the past 15 years? Oh, <coughs> It
3: drops in money yeah
2: yeah we've Let's. talked about that and money is exactly the reason and i actually don't like that they're doing moana this quickly since it just came out a few years ago but yeah, 2016 you know, right yeah okay sirrah.
0: all right next up mandy moore and kumail nanjiani are set to star in thread an insidious tale a new film set to be written and directed by moon knight showrunner jeremy slater Do why okay. <laughs> i just i want to hear what you have to say about it <laughs> i don't have anything to say i don't know what insidious
3: tale is i like him on and Gianni, so yay for seeing him on screen hell yeah <laughs> okay i'm a
0: rule breaker <laughs> Sorry. i'll speak to this one as a as a fan of horror i have seen all of the insidious films so far um yeah so i i kind of think it depends on how um the upcoming insidious the red door how that's received about how my excitement about this franchise will be going forward but I uh, haven't seen Mandy Moore in anything in a while. I know she was on This Is Us, that TV show. I caught an episode or two of that, and uh, I've liked her in what I've seen her in the past. But yeah, Kumail Nanjiani's uh, Nanjiani's involvement definitely excites me. He was great in um, The Big Short, which was you know semi autobiographical. I so see. if he's able to bring like those sensibilities in terms of being like part of a couple and a, a family. Um, I think it could be a very convincing and believable performance and that should you know help highlight the horror (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right and now we've got Disney Star Wars and Marvel heroine Ming-Na Wen received her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame
2: Jeff Haley
0: (laughs) gotcha again
1: (laughs) I think I'm I'm gonna say the same thing you are it's about damn time (laughs) yeah
2: The calorie has arrived. That has been a
1: long (laughs) ass time coming. That woman is amazing. Everything she does, Mm -hmm. and has been since the beginning. Like basically, like once I found out that she was Mulan, I was like, "Hold up, Melinda May." And then, and I oh, everything that she does is Chef's kiss, perfect.
2: God is, Amen. I'll
0: respond to this one. Um, We talked a few weeks back about Carrie Fisher getting her. Uh, star on the board on the Hollywood Walk of Fame but it was posthumous so I'm glad that they it is about damn time like you said Jeff but I'm glad that uh she is around and still kind of like at the height of her powers when she gets recognized with this um accolade and it's, it's so well deserved yeah why am I blanking on the character's name the bounty hunter and um Fennec Shand. Shand thank you <laughs> yes <laughs> I'm just glad that she got
1: to do her uh, her like laying down beside it pose for the uh you know for the photo op because i'm just like mm, i bet you on. are yeah goodness
0: goodness me goodness may <laughs> 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 well done well done all right now we move on to studio ghibli announced it will not release a trailer or any promotional marketing for miyazaki's final film how do you live zoom <laughs> I love that
3: they are doing this because the last couple of anime films that I watched within Suzume and um, Your Name, I went in with only knowing the name of it, and they are some of the most incredible movies I've ever seen. I have a rule lately where I only watch the teaser trailer and the main trailer of a film now, and I feel like it really has been adding to the experience, not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing the main thing about the characters, just getting a little to make you want to get into the theater and i i love having as little information as possible the theater is my happy place and having that two hours of disconnected to just be part of another world is super underrated and the fact that they're forcing us to have to experience that is really awesome
0: yeah i can't resist the urge to reply to this one so i'm I'm gonna (laughs) do it but uh it's it's such a ballsy move and it makes me think like it's a bold strategy cotton let's see if it pays off but we've (laughs) often been talking about like we wish like franchises would just do this and the fact that studio ghibli and miyazaki are like household names i'm really going to be interested to see how this pays off and if it is successful would a studio like marvel marvel studios or, or disney would they follow suit and be willing to do that with with something big probably not very likely but um it's going to be really interesting to see the, how this one plays out.
1: I feel like it's different though for, for studio Ghibli because Miyazaki films mm. are so notably like they, they, uh, they are such subversions of expectations as far as like mm. how a film and how a like a hero's journey type story progresses. Like mm. there's so much that's just non-standard with Miyazaki films that without a trailer, I don't know that I would want to like, go day one. Uh I might wait for it to come to streaming and then hit a day one on streaming. Yeah. It's fair. I'm all shoulders.
0: <laughs> MCU Thor actor Chris Hemsworth has gone on record admitting that Thor Love and Thunder was quote unquote too silly. Haley
2: <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You're wearing him on your shirt.
1: Yeah, I can't I can't speak on this. Um
2: uh, I saw this and I was actually talking about it with some other friends um Anthony Hopkins also recently was quoted as saying he thought the Thor movie's acting was I don't know he 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 kind of gave it a jab and you know I'm kind of like whatever um you were happy to take the paycheck when you did it and <laughs> I think that the I think that love and thunder just got so much backlash in general that Hemsworth it's just kind of like, nah, you know, whatever. Like that didn't work. Like moving on kind of is how I mm-hmm. sort of interpreted his words. So <laughs> eh, moving on.
0: <laughs> and moving on, we are to Zack Snyder's upcoming space epic for Netflix. Rebel moon is being split into two parts with each getting two separate cuts, one for everyone and another more explicit and strictly for adults. I'll speak on this one. It seems like uh, Netflix is just actively trying to avoid ever having another release the Snyder cut campaign and just letting him have whatever cuts he wants for whatever projects he has. So good on you, Zack Snyder. I'm glad that your hardships in Hollywood that you kind of had to go through have resulted in you having so much creative control because he is a visionary. I will give them that. You know, I've had issue with some of the pacing and storytelling in some of his movies. Some of that could have been because of studio. Um, uh,
1: interference? Interruption
0: for lack interference. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Uh, but uh, you know, I was. It's I will still check out Zack Snyder movies, and my opinion may vary. But he he's definitely a visionary. So good on him for that. All right, and our final <laughs> story here: Mark Hamill credits the controversy surrounding Michael Keaton's casting as Batman for helping him relax during his Joker audition because he assumed the studio would never cast Luke Skywalker in fear of the fan backlash.
2: Haley, uh, if you don't know what is being talked about. Nobody wanted Michael Keaton to be Batman in 1989. Like, nobody. (laughs) He was a comedian. He was a comedy actor. And everybody thought this is going to be the worst thing ever. Oh, I'm sorry. It was amazing. Too bad on you. (laughs) And it's really hilarious that Mark Hamill took that and was like, I'll just do this because there's no way they'll cast me. And then he's cast in, like, the second role he's known the most for. Maybe for some people, the role he is known the most for. That's amazing irony is, is a bitch sometimes
0: yeah <laughs> uh, we've been covering the the Bat- the Michael Keaton and Tim Burton Batman movies on Binger's Assemble in preparation for the Flash and one thing that was kind of suggested would be like having Jack Nicholson's Joker come back in some kind of sequence in the Flash and considering Jack Nicholson hasn't appeared in a film in like over 10 years now like my mind just kind of immediately went to is Mark Hamill talking about this because he may make his live action debut <sighs> as the Joker in this film, like how cool would that be?
1: That would be amazing. (laughs) Besides just with his
3: return in Arkham Knight, when he said he wasn't going to do the character anymore. So yeah, wouldn't put it past him.
0: Yeah. Okay. And that wraps up all our main topics. Do we have any interaction from the Twitch viewers that we want to dive into?
2: Iron Banner Games says, if you haven't seen the anime called Lost Song, watch it. So there's a plug and then spark. Sam 85 said my kids watched moon girl and devil dinosaur and certain MCU characters appeared. Anyone else happened to see it. I've only seen the first episode.
1: I haven't yet watched it
0: at all. I watched the first three episodes and it's one of those ones. I definitely want to go back to, because it is delightful. It is just so well done.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Agreed.
0: Well, now I have to watch it. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) All right, well, that's going to do it for this edition of Multiverse News. Uh, once again, shout out to Matt Carroll. Um, hope everything that he's dealing with, you know, send him some love. You can do that in the form of a five star review for this show. I know he would love that and appreciate that. And also, shout out to our uh, participant here, Jay Sisson. Jay, we miss you, uh, and look forward to when you make your return to Multiverse News. Check out Commute the podcast. That's where uh, he and his friend Dave. They do about a 20-minute episode where they try to make you a little bit smarter wherever you get to where you're going to. So check out Commute the Podcast. As for the rest of us, uh, what do we want to let the people know about? Uh, Let's start with you, Zuhair. What do you have going on?
3: Yeah, Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. Whether it's weekly viewings of anime or the movies that are shattering box office numbers, Uh, we got great stuff to talk about within... Demon Slayer, Spider-Man, there's plenty of projects coming up over the summer. We don't have enough time for them all, but we make them work. 323 uh, 3 with Reed Murphy. We are going to be at AwesomeCon in DC on June 16th at 6.30. So if you guys are in the DC or Nova area, be you know, feel free to come check us out. And yeah, that's it for me.
0: Great. And Jeff, we really appreciate you being here and helping us uh, run the Twitch stream. What would you like to let the people know about?
1: Oh, nothing that they don't already know about, you know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Over on uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, uh, I will be returning uh, to regularly scheduled programming uh, because Matt and I finally decided that we needed to put something on the calendar so that we would both remember and not accidentally schedule over it. Um, And that's been working pretty well. In two weeks, we have the release of Secret Invasion. oh it's gonna be exciting um it's gonna be a it's gonna be a real big time for us finally some new content we are in a bit of a drought
0: all right and Haley, i know (laughs) you have source pages what do you want to let the people know about source pages or anything else you have going on
2: source pages the podcast where we read comics and novels so that you don't have to for all the geeky tv shows and movies that we love such as secret invasion spider-verse and everything else check us out
0: Awesome. And as for me, I do encourage you to check out uh, Avengers Assemble. There's a lot of great content happening on Avengers Assemble right now as we enter the summer blockbuster season. Uh, Haley and I are joining Matt to do the Mission Impossible movies. I mentioned the Batman 89 and Batman Returns films we're doing for The Flash. I know they're working on Indiana Jones, so please check all of that out. And uh, yeah, just got to plug Animation Deliberation again because it's a great time for that podcast with the release of Across the Spider-Verse. I was able to hop on the MCU cast and we actually had Matt come over from the MCU podcast to do a full breakdown of across the spider verse with us there. So uh, we're just having a blast talking about that film and we go into full spoilers there. So we kind of had to tiptoe around them here, but if you want to be fully spoiled and engage in that conversation, I encourage you to do so. So thank you for being here and for listening. You stay classy multiverse.